0: Wow. You're going to like this. Oh, no, I'm not. Because there is no goddamn middle.
1: This is not unlike ancient Rome, by the way. Not so much the family circus. (laughs) Yeah. When I, did, when I did Mary Shelley, I had the same issue with necromancy. A lot of them yeah. wanted to create self-sustaining farms and got into crystals. I know! Okay. I
0: understand that.
1: And, <laughs> but yeah, I'm reading Livy, uh, who is a shitty historian. Because eerie guy Others say that because Laurentia's body was common to all the shepherds around, she was called a she-wolf. Which is a Latin term for whore. You were audible last season. It just, most of it was you slamming the table. As, as <laughs> the,
0: the, the Romanists at the table. Well, duh. Yeah. Obviously. Ipso facto. Right. You know, to
2: engage in a little bit of dog facto. Latin.
3: You have a sword rat.
0: Where we connect nerdery to the real world. My name is Ed Blaylock. I'm a world history teacher, uh, currently teaching virtually uh, while the plague still infests our land. Uh, and, um, at the moment, uh, you may notice that my volume is a little bit low. We are, of course, uh, uh, broadcasting remotely right now, and, uh, my wife is currently trying to put my son to bed upstairs, so if I sound like I'm murmuring into the microphone for a little while, audience, I beg your, um, uh, uh, understanding. Uh, Of that issue. So that's me. Who are you sir?
1: Actually your your levels are just fine I actually had to turn you down a little bit uh, which is the opposite problem that we've had over the last few weeks. So Uh, I'm Damien Harmony. Uh, I am uh, a High school Latin teacher high school history teacher uh, also currently teaching in the time of the plague Uh, things are winding down Um, I actually uh, spent most of my day yesterday uh, driving all over Hell's Half Acre Delivering students the uh, honor cord that we, uh, we usually do for my Latin class. They basically buy the honor cord themselves. They give me the cash. I then order it and then uh, give them a purple honor cord. Uh, we don't ask for permission, and I have yet to have to ask for forgiveness, but it's a little gorilla thing that we do, and uh, I handed it to each of them yesterday. You know, kind of that was the only I I handed it this way, uh, two hands so they could grab it from the middle. So there was no actual contact, Um, Mm -hmm. but it meant the world to them to get to see me, uh, if only to give that. So very cool. Yeah. uh, Very cool. Yeah. So uh, when last we left everything, uh, we were up to the election of 1996. There were a lot Mm -hmm. of culture warrior things happening. um, Mm -hmm. But then Bob Dole, hither came Bob Dole from the right um, uh, you know, okay Yeah
0: did, did Bob actually come
1: from the right? No, he was driven to the right, quite honestly okay. By the That's other primary opponents kinda, Which is right. what we start to see, by the way Yeah that Pat Buchanan's speech fucking ruined the Republicans They were already, I, you know me I think they were shitbirds But, like, <laughs> this made it, like, undeniable mm, um, Yeah This made me absolutely correct uh, So just four years earlier George H.W. Bush, yeah, he had been outcentered by Clinton, and now Dole starts running on a platform of generational conflict. Boomers were spoiled, and Dole's generation saved the world from Nazis. Both things are actually true, um, but the fact that he'd been in World War II and Clinton had not served in Vietnam was something that he was able to make hay out of, or is it straw? Um, In 1996 with older voters.
0: In this case, it's hay.
1: Okay, cool. Uh, But the economy was still doing really, really well, so you can't run on that. So you have this young upstart who'd won illegitimately somehow last time against a traditionalist who was going to reestablish dominance for the ordinary Americans instead of these liberals and elites. I I want you to hear the dynamic here because it's going to come back around. Clinton hammered Dole. On the economic issues, because that was clearly his bread and butter. You know, it's the it's the economy, stupid. You know, you went back yep. to that. Dole went after Clinton for being young and spoiled, coming off like a cranky old man. And because Dole was partially paralyzed in his arm, he always had a pen in his hand. And when he would make his points, he would punctuate him with that pen. It looked like he was trying to stab a bitch. Like he was, like it was, it was aggressive in in an impotent way. <laughs>
0: yeah um yeah dole um i i had the opportunity to uh see uh pj o'rourke uh uh, speak in person a while back this is a long time ago Mm -hmm. um this is i want to say it was around 2000 i think uh 99 2000 Mm -hmm. um and um he was he was just publishing eat the rich okay and uh which you know is a great title for a book but a weird title for a guy who's basically an economic libertarian but i digress um he he uh he had he had some things to say about what had happened in in that election and what he said was that you know um the guys who ran the Republican Party at the time
3: mm-hmm.
0: were a bunch of Midwestern, you know, uh uh you know, Eisenhower types.
1: Mm-hmm. Bob Dole from Kansas.
0: Yeah, and they looked at and they looked at Bob and they said, Well, you know, Bob is a Midwestern Eisenhower type. And and, you know, so we're gonna go with him. And then he got pushed to the right. Mm-hmm. By the the protean, uh, not totally formed
2: mm-hmm.
0: beginnings of what would eventually coalesce to be the Tea Party within the Republican Party, and and because of assholes like Buchanan and and the other guys that were that were running against him from the right, to to maintain the support of that wing of the party, he had to get farther right. And then that wound up turning off everybody who wasn't a a you know right leaning centrist. Anybody who was who was a straight up middle of the road centrist was like, well, they oh. all sound like a bunch of religious wingnuts. Right. And and so those folks went, well, you know, I'm comfortable voting for Clinton because the economy is pretty good and he's not like a commie or anything.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And and that wound and that wound up costing Bob Dole the election. Yeah, in 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 that environment at that time,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and and talking about it now, it's amazing the way the landscape has changed since then.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like when you look at a picture of what used to be a riverbed and now it's cracked. Yeah, and segmented. You know, it's yeah. it's a wadi instead of you know a flowing river. Um, well, interestingly enough, the RNC started urging congressional Republicans who were running for office at the same time as Dole to cut their ties with him in October and focus on the legislative victory. And it was pretty obvious that Clinton was going to win again by the summer of 96. Again, I'm saying the summer of 96. If you remember back a couple episodes, we started with the summer of 96. And it was also pretty obvious to the people who were buying into the culture war narrative um, who are listening to talk radio uh, that he, Clinton, was going to usher in a globalist, remember NAFTA, agenda and usurp America from ordinary Americans. And they needed a redeemer and a savior and Dole wasn't it.
0: Oh, yeah, no. um, um he he was going to hand us over to the united nations yeah. like he was he was just like we would get goodbye us sovereignty entirely mm-hmm. we were we were not going to have any control over our own affairs and it was all going to be the, the international you know i mean
1: yeah well, and, and um, look at what that that kind of comes back to though somebody foreign not of us coming in to rule over us that's very much the anti scalawag anti carpetbagger shit too that you saw, 130 years earlier.
0: Well, and and it's also part of the characterization of what the war of Great War of Northern Aggression was. Exactly. You know, um, and and I just want to interject here.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know if you've heard this story, but um, the Republican Convention of
2: 1996.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I was still in college, mm-hmm. so that summer I was home in San Diego. Mm-hmm where the Republican convention was held say, Yeah, that's... and uh, my summer job that year was as a uh, parking lot attendant and parking valet mm-hmm. at different times uh, for the biggest parking lot, parking valet company in San Diego.
3: Okay.
0: And um, I actually wound up directing traffic uh, for the convention at, you know, part of, part of my job was being one of the people directing traffic for the convention. Um, and, uh, on night two or three Mm
2: -hmm.
0: of the convention, um, I was actually the idiot who, uh, held up Mrs. Dole's car outside of the parking lot because it didn't have the placard I had been told to look for. And and she actually made eye contact with me from the back of the car and, and waved.
1: You're famous.
0: Yeah, I was like, oh, sorry. Yes, go <laughs> ahead. Um, so yeah, that was that's that's okay. my brush with with political fame in this right. country was the the wife of a senator and failed presidential candidate. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and and I will say, mm-hmm. as somebody who was still Republican at the time, um. I I did like from from the moment the convention started, mm-hmm. I kind of felt like everybody there was trying to put on a good face. Yes. You know what I like like it was it was it was my side, you know, that I was that I was watching and I was just like they're gonna get killed. Like mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna lose. And, and, yep. you know, across on the other side, on the other side of Harbor Boulevard in San Diego, across from the convention center, there was a very sizable crowd of, you know, Democrats,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know, basically waving, it's the economy, stupid signs. Yep. You know and I was like, Oh
1: yeah.
3: I can't,
0: gonna, yeah. I can't argue with that. We're going to fucking lose. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, you know, and. I think it was I think it was maybe clearer for me than it might have been for some people because my family were never culture warriors, right? Like my my dad is basically a country club Republican. You know, I mean he he he, he yeah, you know the the, the the brand of republicanism that we subscribed to, mm-hmm. that I subscribed to while I was a Republican was basically, um you know, noblesse oblige, you know, kind of kind of ideas and and economic conservatism and those kind of ideas and all of this culture warrior stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I mean the people that were really, really worked up about the culture warrior stuff looked like a bunch of wing nuts even to me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and and I Was not a fan of the idea of women in combat units when I was, you know, 20. Like as a political issue, Mm -hmm. I was, I, because that was, that was my mindset. Um, you know, I've since, you know, grown up and figured out about that. But, you know, but it, but it wasn't this driving like, oh my God, they're all going to replace us kind of stuff. Mm hmm. You know, not in any real way. It was just, well, you know, I don't agree with that. I think that's, that's, that's unnecessary and, like, not – that's not how things ought to be. But that was, that was the extent of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and I think even at the time, on a level that wasn't entirely clear to me,
3: mm-hmm.
0: I, I felt that there were people I didn't really like kind of hijacking the party. -hmm No.
1: so let me let me ask you this. did you yeah. and, and I don't think I, I think I know the answer. So I'm going to say, okay. did you think that you needed a savior that you had not yet found uh, in '96? Because I, 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 I have a guess and I want and I will tell you if I think it was right. No, okay, I thought so. Because I I... you were not part of that culture war. The people who were part of that culture war felt betrayal again, and it was burning, and it was they needed a savior, and they didn't know who it was yet, and it wasn't Bob Dole. He couldn't do it. Uh, And so this man, this lech, this elitist whose wife was too strong, this guy who wants to take America from the real Americans, this southerner who's rejected his southern heritage, who listened to academics. Demicks, who appointed women to positions of power? He was oh going God, to the be horror. president again. And it was fanned by Newt Gingrich in a growing talk radio. Remember that communications deregulation that happened under Reagan and Bush? So now it's July of 96. You're parking cars. I yeah. am stuck in fucking Kmart with my grandparents for my senior year of vacation uh, in Tahoe. <laughs> There's a whole story to that. It's hilarious. <laughs> It's just goddamn. Other people like their their senior trip. My parents were like, "Well, there's a timeshare. Your grandparents are in California. We're gonna we're gonna go for that." And I was like, "Great!" And I found every goddamn Kmart all around the the Lake Tahoe because my grandma wanted to go to every one of them for just okay.
0: Yeah, is this is this the same grandma that you won a radio contest talking about?
1: Nope, nope. This is a different one. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So it's July of '96. Hulk Hogan right. comes into Daytona Beach, Florida, and drops the atomic leg drop on Randy Savage, betraying WCW. He was a good guy, and he betrayed them. And he joined two Northerners from a Northern company uh, who were trying to take over and pervert the traditions of the WCW,
0: run by an, an- run by a Yankee Irishman, Vince McMahon. Yes.
1: And, and so it looked like a takeover was happening, like that's what button they were pushing was this takeover button, very, very civil war, very current culture warrior, very New York elite, all of these things, um, and uh, it, it caught fire, and when, and by the way, it was beating the shit out of WWF for 83 weeks. Um, and, and
0: here we, mm-hmm. you say caught fire, here mm-hmm. we get back to Big Willie Sherman again, just saying.
1: <laughs> Yes. And,
0: and and I just want to interject. How appropriate is it that that this all happened in northern Florida,
1: mm-hmm. like mm-hmm.
0: literally the most
1: southern Alabama you can get. Southern,
0: southern, <laughs> yeah. Be, because the thing is, after you go past a certain latitude down the state of Florida, you start going north again toward New York.
1: Yes, yes. Because it's and, and,
0: way and, from. and 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 and. <laughs> that was their own governor that said that yeah. um and and but but not only that but but it also bizarrely winds up moving even farther south like 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 it it both becomes part of new york and and it becomes Cuba like but but in any event it is it is its own planet and it is not part of the south anymore no it's not you know, my, my, my father of course grew up outside of Miami in, in the town of Coral Gables. And and in some ways you can kind of tell by talking to him. And then in other ways, like, no, he's not a southerner. Right.
3: Right. It's because weird, because
0: yeah. Yeah, because he was educated using textbooks chosen by the state of Florida in the fifties, mm-hmm. but he grew up in Miami.
1: Right. Yeah. A cosmopolitan city with foreigners. So you actually have to deal with prejudices yeah. and yeah. Yeah. So when he, Hulk Hogan, gave a speech telling people that they were looking at the New World Order specifically, it can continue, turn continued to burn brightly. And this happened right as the culture war combined with a drop in the people's faith in the government's efficacy, which mm-hmm. had been fanned by, you know, all the efforts in ninety four.
0: <laughs> You know, it's interesting. The phrase "new world order" yep actually comes from Bush the first.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it goes back a lot so further than that. But yes, well, yeah, yes,
0: Novus Ordo Seclorum, yes. yeah. But but you know, the 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 it has uh, very
1: anti-Semitic connotations to it, by the way. The global Jew stuff like that. Really? yeah, like the 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 term itself, uh, "new world order." comes about from oh god i want to say like 1700s crackpot theory on uh, international jewelry like it was like the 1740s it got started yeah it's it's i, I went that, down a deep I mean, rabbit hole it, on that
0: because because in the in the context in which bush used the term talking about you know the introduction of a new world order yes that's that's the, the he he wasn't using it in that conspiracy theory kind of context no. he was talking about we're now living in a mm-hmm. new world order, post-Cold War, etc., right. etc., cetera, et cetera, right. you know, where we're going to be dealing with coalitions of governments dealing with stuff like this because it was because mm-hmm. we're related to the first Gulf War, if I remember right. Yes. And, and you know, the funny thing is, it wound up being this phrase that got latched onto by culture warriors on the right and conspiracy theorist nut jobs on the left mm-hmm. equally but they wound up like spinning it in completely different directions. Yes. it's it's, yeah. yeah,, anyway, just one of those one of those weird things that crack bots on both sides, like, oh my God, Oh yeah, latched on. Yeah.
1: So he's giving the speech. Um, and and like I said, uh, the the culture war, there's this drop in faith in the government. Aggrieved people were fed fodder, and their conspiracies grew. Waco happened. So government overreach. These are people in Texas. Yeah, they're a little weird, but you know, they like Jesus. Um, white supremacists start gathering there. Um, NAFTA, the rise of shortwave radio use actually starts to spike overnight AM radio shows. Um, what was that guy's name? Uh, art bell, um, art bell. Oh, oh my yeah. God.
0: My, my, my uncle, my uncle was, a, was a big Art bell fan mm-hmm. and I don't know how how much this is a thing with most of Art Bell's fans, mm-hmm. but when when uh, when my when coast to coast was it coast to coast AM, like coast that, to
1: coast, yeah. coast
0: something. When when my uncle would start talking about the stuff that Art Bell talked about, there, there would be this tone of voice that he'd use that was like, I don't know if you're following this because you think it's funny or like you believe it. Or like you don't know
1: well you know and that's that's actually a way that um i think irony has been weaponized um yeah that you know kekistan becomes real at some point people start to actually think that the world is flat instead of just trying to get attention you know shit like that um retro uh, retroactive proof linking to real things that happened starts to get really used a lot it all increased people's belief that there was a conspiracy to remove our national and regional autonomy, as you had said, and corrupt our leaders, taking over from without and from within. Just like the NWO. You know what else was really popular at the same time in the mainstream? Because you know I love to compare mainstream to wrestling.
0: Hit me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. which which X-Files, obviously ties in yep. ties in real well with our bell. Yep. Yeah conspiracy theory. Was, yeah.
1: The movie came out in 97. So did men in black. Oh, yeah. And in 1998, since I'm talking about Will Smith, so did enemy of the state. All of this is coming out. Yeah,
0: <sighs> enemy of the state was that long ago.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. All of this was during the storylines of the NWO and WCW. And so now I'm going to go into the morality play of the NWO. Now, as I had said before. Oh, yes.
0: It, it was Coast to Coast AM. Okay. With
1: Art Bell. Yeah. And I think Skip actually. Walker's the, aliens. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you name it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Shadow. And he, he just platformed all kinds of kooky people. Oh, so, yeah. as I'd said before, they ran roughshod over anybody who represented tradition. The NWO did. Okay? Yeah. In the middle of the run of the NWO, they still had to deal with a group called the Four Horsemen. Now, the Four Horsemen was a mainstay stable for WCW for over a decade. Uh, it, was, it was always Rick Flair and Arn Anderson, and it was either Ole Anderson or, uh, or Tully Blanchard, and then there's always a fourth member. And, and they rotated through those. Well, by this point, they were a shadow of themselves. Now, they still had Ric Flair and Arn Anderson in the group, which was still the core of the group. Uh, and these two wrestlers represented tradition. And they felt Southern. Uh, and and they felt older than those in the NWO. Even though Ric Flair is only a few years older than Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Arn Anderson actually perpetually looks 48. Um, but when he retired, he was like 37 like it was yeah but look like do yourself a favor and look up Arn Anderson retirement speech and and tell me how old that guy looks in the meantime um, Arn Anderson recently discovered that he wasn't going to be able to come back from his injury and he did have to retire somewhat suddenly he gave his spot to Kurt Henning who was an incredible wrestler one of the first wrestlers I've ever looked at or I've ever seen hey, you got a picture of Arn there
0: uh, it's it's from 2014, I got a. Oh,
1: gotta, okay. Well, it's going to look the same as he did in 1997 too. <laughs> um, so he go- gives this speech where he gives Kurt Henning his spot in the N.W. or in the uh, Four Horsemen, uh, and, and Kurt Henning was a multi-generational wrestler. He, he his father was Larry the Axe Hennig, um, and he was a traditionalist. Unfortunately, the NWO attacked him, uh, Kurt Henning, uh, before the Fall Brawl game, War Games uh, September pay-per-view. Did you find Arn now?
0: Yeah, and you're not wrong.
1: No, he, he's looked 48 his whole life. Um,
0: <laughs> Which is kind of unfortunate in his high school photo, I've got to say.
1: <laughs> Although he bummer, was man. always able to get beer for people, so, you know.
0: Yeah, well, you know, So upsides, downsides.
1: The NWO uh, is in a cage match in Winston-Salem, I believe, in 1997 <laughs> with the Four Horsemen.
0: Sorry, just every time you mention you yeah. know, the, the town they're in, I'm like, well, of course. Yep. <laughs> okay, so. So it's, it's right. it was
1: called Horseman Territory, by the way. The All Flair right. Country. Um, the NWO absolutely destroyed the Four Horsemen, and I mean destroyed. So Kurt Henning turns on the Four Horsemen, and then they slam Ric Flair's face in the steel cage door. Um, now, this was actually so he could go get some reconstructive surgery anyway—a little, uh, you know, tummy tuck or a chin tuck, whatever. But, but still, they destroyed the four horsemen—the the the squad that represented tradition, uh, that represented the South. Um, and the four horsemen never really recovered from that storyline ever. Um, it was a major event in WCW history because of what it represented. Uh, And what it represented was the NWO is destroying tradition. They had mocked the Four Horsemen, and then they killed off the Four Horsemen. WCW, traditional wrestling, dead. And this match actually made it so Winston-Salem was a town that never recovered and liked wrestling again either. Really? Yeah, it's called killing the town. So if you fuck up your storyline enough, the town is just like, forget it. We don't really care anymore, and you never draw a good house there again. It killed the town. So wow, yeah. Now, it's,
0: like, yeah. so, so, do you think,
1: mm-hmm.
0: from from the angle of all of the stuff you know is written out in advance by mm-hmm. by you know the the folks making the financial decisions? Mm-hmm. Do you think they had any inkling it would be that? that traumatic no and and for 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 Winston like No
1: and and I have to correct you a little bit. So the the people who are booking it, um, it's a booking committee, uh, which is a bad idea. Um, but it's a booking (laughs) committee, and what they're doing is they are writing the finishes to the matches and they're kind of charting out what's going on. But at the same time, WCW, it's being run by a guy named Eric Bischoff, and he was making some financial decisions, but then somebody else was also making financial decisions. And then he's telling the creative team, here's what I want to do, broad brush, uh, and here's where I want us to end. And they're trying to figure out ways to get there. And sometimes they're going week by week, sometimes they're writing a month-long program. Um, but uh, the people who are writing the stories are not the people who are controlling the money. That's It's a little different. Okay. The, the desire to get the NWO over as the chief bad guys meant you need to feed them a traditional good guy who gets destroyed by it. But because they had done such a betrayal, people threw up their hands and disengaged.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: So WCW now is without any traditional heroes. They still have some heroes, but basically the NWO is on top, beats up everybody. Rowdy Roddy Piper, who had come into the WCW in 1996, He'd already gotten—he got a victory over Hogan. He represented tradition. He's here to redeem Hulk Hogan. But he couldn't stand up to the onslaught of the NWO. So by early 97, he's not a legitimate threat. Um, Also, he's been shown to be really old and disappointing as a wrestler by this point because he's broken down as fuck, which is really sad because five years earlier, he had one of the best matches I'd ever seen. Um, There was Diamond Dallas Page, who was very much a blue-collar hero— who kept mm-hmm. outsmarting the NWO, but he just wasn't as big enough of a star to be able to carry on the fight his on his own. Um, and he got most of his shine anyway from getting sympathy from the fans when he'd get beat up or when he'd escape. And you can't have somebody who's constantly getting beat up be your savior. It doesn't work that way. An escape mm-hmm. artist is not a savior. Yeah. Uh, the Giant uh, had already been sullied. Um, he joined the NWO and then he quit. Uh, The NWO, uh, Lex Luger, uh, who is just this Adonis-looking guy, Um, shitty wrestler, Uh, but he had (laughs) a—he really was. Um, He had a brief moment in the sun, defying the NWO, giving everybody some hope, and he was kind of a mainstay of WCW. Um, But ultimately, he couldn't hold up to their superior numbers at Hog Wild in 97. Um, as 97 was steaming along throughout the summer, Dennis Rodman joined the NWO and wrestled with them.
0: Right. And if you look I at vaguely him, vaguely remember this. Yep.
1: And if you look at him at that time, he <laughs> absolutely fit what they were trying to do. He was controversial. He was flouting tradition and all around. He was a very off-puttingly talented guy. Yeah. You know, he he had crazy hair. He would show up without having gone to practice. That pissed off people who were basketball fans, and yet he still delivered, so it's just all kinds of this is not traditional, yeah. you know, so he fit. So what are WCW fans to do in 1997? Their only hope is a lone savior, which again, if you go back to the history of wrestling in the South, it's usually a stable of bad guys, and one guy who who rises up through the ranks to take them on. And if he wins, it's a temporary victory and he gets screwed anyway. And if he loses, it's his fighting spirit because lost cause. So one of their own has to rise up. Um, And one of their own does. And he is essentially a silent, empty vessel that would redeem their beliefs by defeating this trusted man, Hulk Hogan, who had turned villain and Hogan's brood of sycophants from the North. This guy who was one of their own wasn't from the South. He was actually from California. He's a man named Sting. You remember really? him? Yeah. 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 He, he told everyone to stick it uh for thinking that he'd betrayed them. Remember? Um yeah. he was hanging out in the rafters, and I really want to point out he's coming down from on high. Um mm-hmm. Every once in a while, he'd come in, and he'd assault the NWO. He'd lay waste to them, or he would stop someone from getting assaulted. But he'd never get to Hogan. Hogan always escaped. He never wrestled, and he never really fought for anything. He did, however, have a litmus test. It's a, it's a really cool, cool litmus test that he would do. Um, he, Because betrayal was such a theme in the mid-'90s. Yeah. Um, especially because it pertained to literally everything, um, Sting would push someone around and bully them a little bit with a baseball bat, uh, and it was painted black. Okay, um, and then he'd give them the bat and turn his back on them. If they didn't attack him, he knew he could trust them, and if they did attack him, then he knew otherwise. And,
0: okay. Yeah. So as a as a non wrestling fan. Yes. Coming into this, yes. So when I when I look up Sting WCW
2: yep.
0: on Google, there are there are two very very different looks. Yes, that show up. Show tell me they're, tell me
1: the, uh, the the first one.
0: Okay, the 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 one the one that shows up reading left to right, in most of the images that I that I get because they're they're like side by side comparisons are like a huge thing. Sure um on on the left which earlier i suppose yeah is a blonde-haired muscular dude with with some paint on his face yes uh wearing like one of the pictures i've got right now is looks like yellow tr- yellow yellow mm-hmm. pants with with a scorpion on on one leg
1: that would be sting from 92 or 93 yeah.
0: Okay, and then and then on the right hand side it's is this. I
1: ever is, get laid with knowing all this?
0: <laughs> you just got to find the right. You know, Apparently, it's the right people. Yeah. You know. So there's a term, uh,
1: by the way, for for groupies in wrestling. They're called ring rats, and rat stands for reasonably attractive talent.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah. Damn. So. All right. So, so, so on the right hand side. Uh-huh. So, so presumably later. Yes is a crow looking motherfucker.
1: Exactly.
0: In a in a dusted like all black. Yep. Like mime white faced paint mm-hmm. with black lipstick and and really, really heavy Eyeline.
1: overshadowing. Yep. Yep.
0: And it's over, all crying the downward. Eyes. Yeah. 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 And and then and then a a black duster. Mm-hmm. And and the baseball bat you mentioned. Yep. So I assume this is that. That's that's what this guy looked like. Yes. During this time, okay.
1: Yeah. And and by the way, uh, we gotta
0: have an episode at some point. Yeah. Talking about the influence of the crow on. Yeah. Like everything.
1: Yeah, it's um. I, I think that it's actually a, a a cultural harbinger for us in a lot of ways, um. But he uh This is how you could tell your your difference between good guys and bad guys because Sting was painted in black and white, right? Yeah. Um, Look up the NWO. And while he's doing that, uh, I'm going to cut us to commercial. All right. Hello Geek Timers, this is Producer George
0: interrupting this podcast to let you know that we have space available This space could be used to promote your product, book, event, group even wish a special someone happy birthday If you're interested in using this space, please contact us on Twitter via private message at Geek History Time.
1: Some mighty fine commercials. Thank you very much for yes, uh, listening. to these. As always, so as ever. Before we went to commercial, I asked you to look up the NWO. Yeah. Describe their outfits, yeah. please.
0: Um, they're kind of wearing a uniform. Um, yep. I'm seeing a lot. I'm seeing black jeans. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm seeing um
2: see their some logo? of them.
0: Yeah it's it's a it's a white. Mm-hmm. logo mm-hmm. on black and and lowercase n capital w lowercase mm-hmm. o. Yep. So uh in inside a square.
1: Now what's materially the difference between Sting and the NWO? There isn't Yeah, uh one. there yeah, no. There isn't no. one. It's a fight between good and evil and you can't tell good from evil. They're both wearing black and white and the only way you can tell Um, it's clear that there's a moral choice to make, but you can't tell the difference between them because the lines have blurred so much. So from a heraldic perspective, we can't tell good from bad anymore. Sting (sighs) is coming from the rafters as vengeance, which is something that's linked to salvation very clearly in the Southern mind.
0: The crow.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Again, the vengeful Messiah, yeah, yeah now, my point is that this is the same thing in politics. If ordinary Americans couldn't have salvation from the horrors of the Clinton presidency with um uh, i I forget what they could have uh vengeance <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know Bob. <laughs> Bob gets a bad rap. Like,
1: <laughs> no, I just meant like what they actually oh. wanted salvation from. I, I oh, what horrible like they thing didn't, I, they didn't. They oh, yeah. didn't.
0: Oh, 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 they didn't. They didn't know what it was they needed saving from. Right.
1: They just no, knew I they think,
0: needed it. I, I think. I think they 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 could they could have articulated what they needed saving from. They needed saving from godless heathens, abortion on demand, gays being foisted on them everywhere. Okay. And, uh, and, let me. And, let me back it up you know then. the virginity of white. Oh, women, well done. Like well you know, done. I mean, yeah. let's 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 talk about what all they they
1: would have. Right. You know. Okay. So, what real policy thing did they need savings from? They were oh. the ones making the fucking policies.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. That, that that was that would be completely
1: inarticulate. And they yeah. No. They but wouldn't they have felt, an answer for that. Yeah. Felt betrayed.
0: Oh yeah. And well yeah. Betrayed that's
1: by like... one of their own to the point where he stopped being one of their own because he was a corrupted version of himself. And that's what Hulk Hogan was. He was a good guy who then became bad guy Hulk Hogan and joined the new world order. So they could have vengeance for this betrayal. They could not have salvation. And people seem to be expressing a lot of fucking cultural rage at this same time. The most extreme versions happened in Laramie, Wyoming and Jasper, Texas. And I'm only gonna spend a little bit on this because it's hard as shit to listen to, especially literally right now. Um, but in Laramie, Wyoming, Matthew Shepard, a young homosexual man, was beaten and tortured and tied to a fence post by two murderous pricks whose names I will not give you. Um, one of whom used uh, one of whom's attorney used gay panic as a fucking defense. In Jasper, Texas, James Byrd was beaten and dragged and murdered by three white supremacist shithead fans of the Turner Diaries. Most people didn't commit a murder as a response, but they still absolutely... This, this was the, the expression of it all the same. That visceral reaction was growing in folks and people didn't necessarily condemn. In fact, there was a, a talk show shock jock guy who even referenced uh, 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 James Byrd. And uh, he got fired for it, thankfully. But a lot of people are like, well, that's not really fair. Um, Yeah, I remember that. Wrestling absolutely taps into Viscera. Um, Not to confuse you with the wrestler named Viscera. He was up north. Um, For instance, Bill Clinton is bad. He's betraying the South and bringing in the gays and the women and the internationalists. But the economy was undeniably better. (laughs) And he was enacting policies that punish the poor for being poor. All of these are things they like. Both things culture warriors like. And in wrestling, the bad guys became cool. And that, to me, is really interesting because your bad guys become your antiheroes and your hero is kind of this absent savior. Scott Hall would start off every match with, hey, yo. And then he'd do a little survey for the fans. And by January of 97, the fans were cheering for him as often as they were booing for him. And the reason for this? The economy, stupid. Um, Bill Clinton was great for the fucking economy, and poverty was on the wane. However, the rights of the historically marginalized were also on the rise, so this juxtaposition of lives getting better while their lives were getting worse, because apparently it's it's a zero-sum game, um, because it was also culturally getting better um, for a majority of the, you know, or for marginalized folks, this is upsetting to the dominant majority and therefore they're cheering and, uh, and booing the bad guys almost equally and starting to cheer the bad guys. Mm-hmm. The bad guys were cool, but they were still bad guys. Bill Clinton is good for us, but he's still that fucking Bill Clinton. Women in the military academies in the South, Shannon Faulkner. Uh, gays getting paid to serve in the military with don't ask, don't tell. A surgeon general who recommends masturbation.
0: Planet. Yeah, I remember yeah. Oh, what I... a huge like okay, look. Yeah. Ninety nine guys out of a hundred say they do it and the last guy is fucking lying. Yes. Like now of course in, in saying that I'm engaging in erasure of asexual people, but yeah. still
2: you At know that the the, time, the point that was yeah. yeah.
0: The, but like if if you are mm-hmm. a a cishet dude mm-hmm. And even actually, it it doesn't even matter if if you are, yeah, no, like, like what, what is, what, I don't, I don't understand why the, the panic Mm -hmm. was associated with, oh my God, they're encouraging masturbation. Like, okay, cool your jets. So you're worried about teen pregnancy, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You're worried about your daughter's staying virgins because this patriarchal
1: Planned Parenthood versus Casey kind of helps take care of the teen pregnancy problem. Yeah. Well cases
0: Yeah, well, yeah, but okay (laughs) But but you 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 don't you don't want your daughters Doing anything that could lead to them getting pregnant, right? Uh, You you know virginity is this is this cultic thing, right? So, so you would think anything that makes it possible (laughs) for teenage boys Mm -hmm. to, to vent Mm -hmm. that energy without, without threatening the virginity of, of the precious young, young flowering women folk, you'd think it'd be like. Yeah, you know what? If you if you start getting crazy with this, mm-hmm. go in your room, get a sock. Like,
2: yeah.
0: But but the and and I mean, I I know I know what the theological argument is, mm-hmm. but and I'm I'm saying this, of course, as as you know, an adult Catholic convert. So I I know that you know it's not just white evangelicals who have this problem. It's, it's, you know, any, any traditional mainline Christian group, it's a thing, but you know, it's, it's one thing for the Catholic church to say, you know, you shouldn't be doing this because there are these theological reasons. And there's this idea of, you know, directing that energy toward other things and being holy and all this. And then there's the level of like, no kidding panic. Mhm.
1: Oh, and like, they got rid of her. Like as surgeon general.
0: shrieking shrieking outrage mm-hmm. over, well, you know, one of the safest ways to get your rocks
1: off is to do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah, you you won't get people pregnant if you masturbate.
0: You you won't get people pregnant and nobody's going to get HIV.
1: Yeah. So like
0: or or syphilis or gonorrhea or right. fill in the blank, like
1: Just so you know, Purity Balls started in that same year. Which is is unsurprising. Really weird, culty shit. So, Planned Parenthood versus Casey is going off, the U.S. versus Virginia, the VMI case. All of these things are happening. All these cultural losses are happening for your cultural warriors, and the economy is going really well. Oh, God, what do I do? This is also true in the WWF at the time, too. They're just not based in the South. But bad guys being cool was much more of a following and upping the ante thing in the WWF. They saw what their competitors were doing and beating them at, so they mm-hmm. did it, too. Um, but the parallels are absolutely there. Degeneration X. Oh, yeah. Okay. Young Upstarts. Um, they take out the heart Foundation. Uh, Which is like uh, with the Montreal Screwjob in November of 97 all of this shit's happening at the same time this idea of betrayal by the way uh, Ross ends up uh, cheating on Rachel around the same time Um, but uh, (laughs) so they
0: uh, you're still you're still working on
1: that I still am I still am Um, but the DX uh, they run roughshod over everyone else for the next few months. Uh, disrespecting The Undertaker, who is a traditionalist. Eventually, they're all going to be thwarted by a lone single wrestler who was much more of a traditional wrestler. Um, he was an antihero for those cool villains. So you had antiheroes fighting cool villains. I'm, wait, wait, of course, wait. talking about...
0: Stone Cold Steve Austin? Oh,
1: hell yeah. And he's Can I an, get a hell yeah? Yeah, damn right. And he's an actual southern guy. Yeah. In a northern territory. Yeah. And he's he is well, because- the, yeah, and, and he's not a savior, he's a revenger. Like he is, oh, I'm gonna kick your ass because I'm a badass, and that's what and that was it. He's so anti-heroed up. That's the era of the contract of with America. The culture wars, all of that shit's in full swing. Southern rednecks stomping a mud hole in everyone in the north was exactly what people wanted to see. They did not care about actual policy and actual governance they did not care about any of the things that mattered they cared about the optic of their team winning in the culture wars fuck when the anti-hero in both places finally wins out against these factions and notice these factions are large groups they're uh, sycophants to one godhead who needs to be toppled is with stone cold. It was against, uh, Mr. McMahon and he had his stooges and um, he had yeah. the ministry and the corporate ministry. And I'm going to get into that real quick. Um, it didn't quite set things right though. When they toppled these guys, it didn't set it right. The hero in both was a broken shadow of who he once was. Both men physically weren't who they had been in their prime. The sting that you saw with the Bart Simpson haircut and all the neon, he was in his fucking prime. By 97, he was a mm-hmm. bit run down. Steve Austin had a, such a severe neck injury that his uh, ring ability was absolutely limited. He couldn't do all the good wrestling he used to do. He had to be a punch and kick guy, and he only had like four moves and just a lot of anger. So he adjusted for it. <laughs> so, so,
0: Sorry, four moves and a lot of anger. Yeah. I... I feel like that ought to be the title of a book.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh, Sting had uh, not been in the ring for 18 months by the time he actually get in. And he was, forgive the pun, a pale imitation of himself.
2: <sighs>
1: so, the people Bad, who loved them. But, thank you. Okay. Yeah. The people who loved them had to accept this broken version of them. They were not going to get salvation. They were only going to get vengeance. Nothing went the way that it was supposed to. In fact, in 1998, wrestling becomes entirely about factions. Degeneration X reformed after Shawn Michaels lost to Stone Cold Steve Austin. The Nation of Domination, a black uh, militant group, reformed under the rock. The Union existed. It was very brief, like literally one pay-per-view. The corporation, Kayentai, the Ministry of Darkness, the corporate ministry, which was a com- combination of the corporation and the Ministry of Darkness, um, with it was just ridiculous. All of these were in the, <laughs> the WWF. In the WCW, it gets even more fun. NWO, after Sting beat Hogan, fractured into NWO Hollywood and NWO Wolfpack because Sting's semi vengeance against Hogan. Uh, and his betrayal and his takeover, Sting broke them, right? So then NWO Hollywood was the black and white, and then the red and black was Wolfpack. And then it was uh, black and white uh, uh, NWO, and then the Four Horsemen reformed, and then there was a group called Raven's Flock, and then came the LWO, the Latino World Order, and then there were the Filthy Animals. Have I lost you? Nope, you're still there. Okay. Yeah. Then there were the filthy animals. Yeah,
0: no, I'm here barely. All the, right.
1: Yeah, there were the rest, wow. the West Te- Texas Rednecks, Team Canada, Team Madness, which was just Macho Man Savage and three women. The Revolution, natural born thrillers. There's a lot more, but you get the idea. And So everybody's in a faction. It is the age of factions. And by the time WCW was actually falling apart, it had a Hail Mary pass uh, that it kept trying and it aimed at two main factions, the new blood versus the millionaires club. And that was a shitty idea, but it's worth mentioning because the new blood were several wrestlers who were lower card guys and plenty of guys who'd been big elsewhere were multiple-decade veterans. Okay, the Millionaires Club were the top seven wrestlers who'd seen the elite, who were seen as the elite, the out of touch, and the ones who were ruining wrestling. Some of them were very old veterans. For instance, uh, well, uh, I'll give you the list in a second. And others were relatively new. Um, the Millionaires Club was comprised of Bill Goldberg, who was very new but huge and hot. Um, DDP, Ric Flair Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash Sting and Sid Vicious also Scott Steiner Kurt Henning, Lex Luger, Booker T and Macho Man Randy Savage and that's against all the rest of the WCW so all the guys who had been successful against all the WCW Um, by the way when the NWO Wolfpack happened Sting joined the Wolfpack and painted his face red he looked like sunburned So in 1999 and 2000, it is absolutely about political tribalism. And that's what was pushing the narrative. It was pushing it specifically from the right. The culture wars had created a culture where they had to be an insurgency, taking back the country for ordinary Americans. And the Republicans, despite being in power in the legislature, were insurgent. And they were trying to capture back their White House. And the result was they were all in power, and so they all had to still act insurgent. And the way to do that is tribalism and culture war. And that's the only morality that exists, because that's the only thing you can sustain once you've won. So that brings us to 99-2000, and it's born out of that stuff. Now, just like after Bush won the presidency and the Republicans held all three branches of government, yeah, and yet they're still insurgent in some way. It's no longer exciting or thrilling to be the insurgent, though. So now the culture warriors have to come up with new ways to be insurgent. So now you take all yeah. the guys and you make a new elite and you jumble fuck it around. And and you run out of creativity. <laughs> jumble fuck. Oh, yes. Love that phrase. Um, it's nowhere near as affirming or as honest ideologically this time around, however. And it just felt like the same old story had once again, uh, that, that had once upon a time gripped our imagination. And,
0: okay, so yeah. we are going to get back to talking about wrestling? Uh,
1: right now. So, okay. <laughs> and well put. Because, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, Well, and, and the, the lines are blurring. You might remember that Jesse the Body Ventura was a governor. Yep. Bob Backlund was running for the Senate. Jumpin' Jim yep. Brunzel in Florida was running for the Senate. Ric Flair promised that he would run for governor of North Carolina. Like, a lot of wrestlers were like, I know what the next dodge is.
0: Rick Flair? Yeah. Really?
1: Yeah. Oh, Jerry Lawler was running for mayor of Memphis. Currently, Kane... That I can see. Kane, the big red machine Kane, the guy who can control fire, Kane... He's the mayor of a county in, in, te- in Tennessee. Okay. Yeah. So in wow. the WWF, there was, of course, the Montreal Screwjob of 1997. I talked about that, right? Yeah. Now, right around the same time, Ross and Rachel tried to get back together on Friends. Mm-hmm. But then they ended up breaking up that time forever for good. You know, we were on a break, that shit. Yeah. The exact same week as the Montreal Screwjob happened, Chandler kisses Joey's girlfriend. Wow. After that, it was McMahon and his machinations trying to find new ways to screw over Steve Austin. And the Undertaker then turned on McMahon, and then McMahon's son turned on McMahon, and then McMahon turned on everyone and joined the Undertaker as the higher power to which the Ministry of Darkness had pledged its loyalty in a clever and drawn-out ruse to screw Stone Cold Steve Austin one more time and form the Corporate Ministry, which also had members of Degeneration X in it this time.
0: You know, my... While while we were home, all of us, uh, uh, while, while Lee was working from home,
3: mm-hmm.
0: every afternoon uh, she would uh, turn on the TV to um, uh, Days of Our Lives, uh, a, a long-running soap mm-hmm. opera.
3: Oh, yeah.
0: Right now I think the longest-running, still on the air,
2: mm-hmm.
0: on network TV. And um, that that has some long-running convoluted borderline incestuous plot lines
2: mm-hmm.
0: like like literally borderline incestuous because yep. nearly yep. everybody in the town of Salem is related to everybody else somehow right and 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 they actually wound up finding way the, the one of, one of the longest running most beloved bad guys
2: mm-hmm.
0: in the series was Stefano DiMera
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And and I know this because I my mother watched the show forever when I was a kid and then mm-hmm. my wife watches the show So Stefano Demira was was a a mustache twirling cartoon sure. Boris of Boris and Natasha kind of villain sure. and and the guy who played him Chewed the scenery with such relish. I mean, yeah, it was so it was so clear. He was having so much fun playing this guy
2: mm-hmm.
0: well he, he had been on the show for going on 50 years and and he he passed away and in and in the show they you know killed off Stefano demiron It was a big huge big deal. Well and then lo and behold a um, couple of months ago uh, one of the long-running good guys uh, suddenly shows up, and he's carrying himself like Stefano, and he's talking like Stefano, and he's referring to people in the names that Stefano always used for him. And and they came up with a plot line in which one of Stefano's minions
2: mm-hmm.
0: had had put Stefano's personality. They never actually went so far as to say his actual consciousness, but his personality uh-huh. in a in a in a microchip
2: <laughs> and
0: surgically implanted it in this guy's brain to resurrect. Uh-huh. Stefano demera. oh wow and and what you're saying right there mm-hmm. is even crazier than that to watch, me.
1: Watch this like watch this. okay, <laughs> so shit. can we agree that this is nowhere near as entertaining or effective the fir- as it was the first time around? Can we well, agree yeah. to that? Yeah. yeah, oh yeah. yeah. so yeah. it feels like the same old story that, that had once before gripped our imagination. Yeah, here's what the NWO did. After being out of power and then fractioned, uh, the NWO reunited under Hulk Hogan and the Wolfpack this time. And then they beat up a few members and kicked them out because uh, they needed to have good guys to fight against, I guess. But they still kept too many. And then they swerved the audience to think that they were going to break up again and that Hulk Hogan was going to redeem himself by wrestling Kevin Nash. As it turned out, though, Hulk Hogan hit Nash with the famous finger poke of doom and took the the title back and reformed the NWO. Nowhere near as entertaining or effective this time around, and it just felt like the same old story that it once again gripped our imagination. Then Then, about a year later, the NWO uh, has has fallen apart again, and everybody's on their own, and Hulk Hogan's a good guy, and then Bret Hart beats up Hulk Hogan, and then he joins with uh, Jeff Jarrett and Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, and they form NWO 2000. And then injuries plagued that team because because of
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> because it it had to be NWO 2000 right. because it was the turn of the century and everything was 2000
1: yes and so yeah. uh, mm-hmm. except for a rapper down in the south named Andre 3000 he was a little more forward mm-hmm. thinking um, well yeah but yeah. So uh, they were NWO t- uh, 2000, and then injuries plagued that whole squad uh, to the point where Jeff Jarrett, who is just like... I mean, he's hes a talented wrestler, but I've never liked him, and not for the right reasons. Um, he's the <laughs> only person in NWO, and then his two bodyguards are like tag team champions, and they come out to NWO's music, but nobody's actually wearing NWO merchandise anymore, and it's just... And so then when WWF buys WCW, having defeated them in the ring right. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: Vince McMahon resurrects the NWO. And that's right around the time of WrestleMania 18 in Toronto, and Hulk Hogan is fighting against The Rock for the NWO, and uh, they actually call an audible in the ring, and they make Hulk Hogan a good guy, and then the MWO kicks out Hulk Hogan, and then... Kevin Nash tears his quad trying to climb into a ring at one point, and then the NWO is killed off forever for good. Wow. Oh yeah. So Stefano coming back, that's that's child's play. <laughs> yeah. Um well actually Chucky coming back is child's play, but child's play, yeah. So <laughs> you <laughs> over have and over
0: and over and over
1: again. But you have this recycling of this idea so that you can keep these people relevant with this narrative that is Um, outdated, doesn't actually work, but we're going to beat it into you anyway. So once again, wrestling is showing us who we are. Someone who is ultimately in charge is pretending not to be in charge so that he can then be in charge and hurt the people who are not in charge. Or we cry out for a broken Avenger to punish the ones who are in charge, who are actually popular and enjoyable, but they're reminding us that our ways are out of touch, and we want that bloody revenge. And that's why that happened at that time.
0: Okay. So, which of those two is her current administration, in your view?
1: Our current administration is absolutely well, type A. It's, it's yeah, it's it's definitely type A because well it's it's a blend, unfortunately. Um, because somebody got in charge that they felt robbed that he was in charge and it culture warred up again. And the only thing that can save us is a very imperfect Avenger, but he will set everything right, even though he's a horrible person and he will hurt who he needs to hurt. You remember that old woman who was very angry at Trump yeah. because he was not hurting who he needed yeah. to? Um, and so yeah. he is representing tradition without actually being anywhere near traditional. Um, he is representing the worst parts of us, and he is this uh, a broken avenger who has no redeeming qualities, but at least he's going to hurt the people who never should have been in power in the first place.
0: Would you say he's kind of the anti-Bill Clinton? Yeah,
1: he's like, he's like Bizarro Bill Clinton. Clinton. He's Bizarro Bill Clinton. Okay. Because he has so many of the same abilities and predilections. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's a populist. He's absolutely a populist. Um, He is, I mean, he just, uh, he's, but he's Bizarro Bill Clinton. Yeah.
0: Because because Bill Clinton was the good old boy who wasn't really a good old boy, mm-hmm. and Trump is the rich Yankee
3: mm-hmm.
0: who is one of us.
3: Mm-hmm. He is one
1: what of, poor quotes, people think quote, a rich scare quotes, is.
0: One of us. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he's what a weak and thinks strong looks like. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, he's you know he's powerful. And that's the only morality.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it all started with Pat Buchanan in '92.
0: Yeah, and, 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 and all
1: expressed in the NWO storyline. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. So I. And again, I'm, I'm having I'm having a uh, mm-hmm. pattern on the wallpaper moment.
1: Mm-hmm. So what have you gleaned since you're staring at the wallpaper?
0: Oh, man, Um, that our national uh, populism Mm -hmm. has a very, very, very ugly Mm -hmm. downside, which is profound anti-intellectualism that has been uh, uh, magnified and exacerbated mm-hmm. to my ignorance is just as good as your education.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: In fact, it's more trustable.
0: It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's more I'm trustworthy. Because I'm a real I'm, American. Because I'm, I'm a regular guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you, you use too many big words, we can't trust you. Right. You know, and... and um, and again, I come back to like, this isn't really conservative. Nope. Like, you know, uh, Jim Wright mm-hmm. has, has a really great essay that, that I, I come back to all the time where he talks about, you know, I remember cause he's older than we are, but you know, he, he remembers when in the, in the 1960s, mm-hmm conservatives were engineers and scientists and guys with crew cuts who used slide rules Yes. and they, and they were thinkers and they were mm-hmm. all right, you know, let's, let's think about this. Let's have a plan. Let's, you know, figure out how to do this. And they looked at facts
2: mm-hmm.
0: and, and they did things based on facts and what made a conservative a conservative was these are the facts and what made a liberal liberal in the lingo of the time was, you know, you're, you're squishy and emotional, you're a bleeding heart and, you know, let's, let's be rational and let's look at facts. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and the right wing still loves to use that kind of language, but that's not how they work anymore.
1: It hasn't been for a long time.
0: For, well, yeah, no, but, but, but you get kind of what I'm, what I'm getting at I is, do. is
3: like, like the branding now, back then. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and 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 like back then you could have a conversation
2: mm-hmm.
0: and and talk about facts. And now people who are calling themselves conservatives
3: mm-hmm.
0: have no they have no ideology. Well they do the, the, Oh well but but well yeah but but they they have no, maybe maybe ideology is the wrong word. There there's no there's no rationale. The only you know it's it's everything is,
2: yeah.
0: If uh, everything everything is just based on a knee jerk response.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know if if you say this is what you want to do, then I'm automatically the, the only position I have is whatever is the opposite of that. Mm-hmm and and this you know i'm not going to wear a mask you know i'm not going to live in fear i'm a, i'm a free american right is is literally antithetical to facts yes and and in if 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 something like this had happened in in the 60s
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know i don't think it would have become a political issue between the right and the left over whether or not to wear a mask in public. It would have been, We gotta wear masks, man. Yes. You know? Um and and you know, there might have been arguments over, over you know, what kind of social policy should we have to, to deal with the public health threat, you know. But but the idea that there would be a political movement
3: mm-hmm.
0: built around the idea. That I'm not going to do what the head of the CDC department, in charge of this emergency, is to, is telling us to do. Right. Like, because because that pointy-headed dude there is saying this, I'm not going to do it. You can't make me. Yep. And and that's and that's the sum total of their ideology. Like yeah. you don't under you 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 talk about liberty. The way a fourteen year old boy does. Yeah. A fourteen year old a fourteen year old white boy. Yes. From a wealthy family. hmm Having been a fourteen year old white boy <laughs> from, you know, middle class yeah. family. Oh
2: yeah.
0: You know, sufficiently bougie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can do you know and, and my parents educated me enough that I, I didn't make that mistake, but I had plenty of friends who did. Sure. Like you know, and, and it's just, it's, it's disheartening mm-hmm. that, you know, we could have, if, if, if we had paid close enough attention,
3: mm-hmm.
0: we could have seen this coming because now it's as plain as the nose on our faces Yeah, when, when we're at home and don't have masks on, you know, <laughs> sure because you know otherwise you can't really make out the nose clearly if you're wearing the mask properly
3: this is a good point uh,
0: you know but you know and and then my other takeaway is that i kind of want to build a time machine a one one use go back machine go back and then come home and mm-hmm. then it mm-hmm. can it can disappear into the quantum ether sure. But I want to go back in time to 18, 19-year-old me Mm -hmm. and beat the shit out of him. (laughs) Just, just, just like take with me Mm -hmm. every news story Mm
3: -hmm.
0: about every African-American man and woman. Murdered by law enforcement
3: mm-hmm.
0: over the last thirty years. Yep. Take back every you know. Just just show him. Okay, look. Let me explain to you where you and I, where where you, wind up on the political spectrum
3: mm-hmm.
0: as as a grown up. Because you think you're one, you're not one right now. And let me explain why you wind up here. And maybe, maybe Mm -hmm. you can do more to fix shit rather than having to come to this set of conclusions by having empathy kind of smacked into your head step by step.
1: No, I get you there.
0: You know – and, and I mean, you know, at the same time, I kind of have to be understanding of 18-year-old me because, you know, 18-year-old me only knew what I knew. Right. But, but if I were to run into somebody who sounded like 18-year-old me right now, the urge to grab that white boy by the lapels and shake him violently would be really hard to resist. Because, like... You you think this because you you you're in a bubble.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You you think this because of your own Titanic privilege.
2: Yeah,
0: and you're and you're not going to get to a place where you recognize your own privilege until you're forty. And I wish I could fix that. Yeah. Like, you know.
1: Well, if you'd watched wrestling, maybe you would have <sighs> a shot at it.
2: Uh no probably not <laughs>
1: no because no. wrestling no. really does just reflect and reinforce because that's what gets people paying their money
0: yeah I I think I, yeah um I I'm gonna I'm gonna say reinforce I'm I'm actually going to say um well reflect but but not it does not inspire self reflection right because nobody wants to do self reflection self reflection hurts like like I just described
1: yeah well and you're there to watch grown men in tights acting out a uh, soap opera it's it's essentially it's male burlesque you know
0: Oh, it totally is yeah, yeah no there's no there's no getting around that it totally so, is
1: yeah so you're clearly not there for self-reflection you're no. really not no so
0: if you're going to that for self-reflection you're going to the wrong place yep. that's not that's not the point son. yeah it's it's murder gymnastics,
2: like, <laughs>
0: like, or was it murder acrobatics? I'm trying to remember. There was a, the webcomic. web comic that, that yeah, I, I thought was, yeah. yeah. So, so
1: all right. Well, that was fun.
0: Yeah, in a in a self flagellating white liberal kind of way toward the end there, but there you go. Well,
1: that's kind of the point of any professional wrestling podcast, I think, but. <laughs> Oh, flagellating. Sorry. I thought you said flagellating. 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 <laughs> Just, yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Beating yourself. I see. No, that's, yes. that's a different kind not, of podcast. Not, beating, not okay. beating off. Oh, oh, gotcha. Different. So, Well, so where can people find you if they want to uh, help you build that time machine? Or call me a
0: cuck. Uh, you can find me at EH uh, e. Blaylock on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Mr. Blaylock on uh, Instagram. And how about you?
1: You can find me at Duh Harmony on both the Insta and the Twitter. Uh, you can also find me on Tuesdays um, on twitch.tv forward slash capital puns, uh, doing puns all night uh, You can at uh, 8.30 p.m. You can also find me on Sundays at twitch.tv forward slash calling it in the ring, talking about old wrestling matches uh, with uh, a couple different local comedians. Um, well, one who's a national touring comedian as well. Uh, and, uh, you can also, um, there was something I was going to say. Oh, you could also do us a favor. Um, click subscribe. Uh, we're available on Spotify, Stitcher, and of course, uh, iTunes store. Um, click subscribe. Uh, and, uh, if you think we earned a five-star review, let us know. Uh, if you don't um, you know what listen to more episodes you'll find one
0: you'll uh, you'll you'll find one to give a five star rating too exactly
1: to. it'll be it'll be fantastic. Uh, where can they find us uh, to give feedback?
0: Collectively mm-hmm. we can be found at geek History time on Twitter yeah. uh, and our uh, website of course is uh, geekhistorytime.com. com
1: yes. hey, I'm curious when are we ever gonna get to hear you playing on your instrument?
0: After I suck less.
1: Oh, fair enough. <laughs> uh,
0: what what Damien is we we haven't talked about it actually on the on the podcast. But what Damien is referring to is that uh, right now in in quarantine I'm I'm making use of my time uh, in part uh, by learning how to play a uh, a musical instrument. Uh, and at some point I'm going to inflict that on all of you, but not until I don't suck. Quite so much. Hmm. So,
1: all right. Well, for, so there we go. For a geek history of time, I'm Damian Harmony.
0: And I'm Ed Blaylock. And until next time, keep rolling 20s.